Do you remember when your parents had the talk with you growing up? I barely remember that talk, but I vividly remember having the same talk with my son about nine or ten years ago. It wasn't something I was thrilled to discuss at all, but it had to be done, and my wife told me I had to do it. So on today's show, we're going to discuss another talk that really needs to happen. No, it's not an easy conversation, but it's one that has to happen. And if you do this correctly, this talk could save your family. It's time for the My Retirement Clarity Podcast with Lee Perkins, financial planner and president of JL Perkins Wealth Management. Get ready for a good dose of inspiration, simplicity, implementation, and of course, clarity on how to successfully prepare for retirement and grow and preserve your wealth. Here's Ben George with Lee Perkins. Welcome into the My Retirement Clarity Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Lee Perkins. Man, this is so much fun. Every, every week I get to come in and talk about things that hopefully educates and informs you, our listener. Uh, but ultimately, my goal for you is to help you close the gap between what you know and what you implement. So that's the whole goal of the show. And so that is my whole goal for you here today. So I appreciate you tuning in. So today I want to talk about one of the most important conversations that I think needs to take place during your lifetime. And this conversation, if handled properly, can truly help keep your family together. And unfortunately, if you don't have the conversation, it's, it's really very likely that relationships inside of your family could be broken forever and never healed. And that's how important this is. And, and in my experience, I would tell you that Probably less than half of the people that I ever meet with have ever had this conversation. And so the, the conversation or the talk that I'm talking about is what happens when you die or what happens when your parents pass away. So there's a lot of moving parts that we need to get, in, get into here on the show today. So now obviously this conversation would go much differently for somebody in their 30s than it would for somebody in their 50s. And of course, that conversation for somebody in the 50s would, would look different than it would with somebody in their 70s. So for the purposes of the show today, I'm going to talk about a conversation that needs to take place once you've sort of entered the fourth quarter of your life. And so at this time, your, your kids are probably grown, so we don't have to worry about who's going to take care of them. Uh, chances are, and hopefully are, they're already self-sufficient. The only difference here, or the only, I guess, exception would be if you have a special needs adult child. And in this case, that conversation hopefully needed to happen years ago, and there should be some legal documents already in place and financial considerations made on how that special needs adult child is going to be taken care of once you pass away. So again, that's a different conversation, not one we're going to get in here today. So for today, for today specifically, I'm talking about what happens to your money and your stuff or your personal property. Now, like I said, most people fail to have this conversation and, and that's true. And, and I think here, you know, there's, there's a couple of reasons that, that they don't do it. Of course, if somebody passes away at a young age unexpectedly, this conversation is likely to, to not take place. And, and that happens and that's certainly understandable. The other reason that they may fail to have this conversation is 
it can really be an emotional conversation and it's a difficult subject matter because we're really we're talking about our own mortality or if we're the adult child and our parent is having this conversation with us it brings our mortality into play uh, so for today i'm going to consider this to sort of be a conversation with someone in their fourth quarter of life uh, that they're having so so kind of somebody in their 60s or 70s or, or maybe even later and so What I'm going to go over today is not a comprehensive list of everything that you should discuss, but I want to give you a few of the major points that I think it's important for everybody to be on the same page about. And so I think an easy place to start this conversation is going to be by going over burial wishes. And to me, this is really an easy icebreaker type of question to sort of get this conversation headed in that direction. And it can be as simple as, all right, here's what I'd like to happen when I die, I want an open casket or I don't want an open casket because I don't want people to come come around looking at me uh, or I'd rather be I'd rather be cremated and have my ashes spread in a specific place or maybe put in a urn or maybe I want to be buried in a cemetery plot next to Aunt Martha or, or you know whatever you want to happen. Go ahead and spell that out ahead of time and let your children know. This way, when you pass away, that decision, it's already been made. People can grieve and they can also have a celebration of your life. Um, so like I said, this is a, I think this is a pretty easy icebreaker question to get that conversation started. But then after this, we need to talk about the money and your possessions. So hopefully if you're in your 60s or 70s, you've already had these conversations with your adult children. And, and hopefully this doesn't come to any you know, surprise to anybody, but um, you need to let them know that if you pass away, they're going to receive a, a portion of your retirement savings. Now, it's completely up to you on whether or not you tell them what percentage they will receive. And honestly, this can get a little bit tricky if the percentages is not equal. And, and I think there's some pretty valid reasons that you might not split your retirement assets equally among your children. And, and that's not something we're going to get into in detail on the show today, but certainly you want to have that conversation and go over the reason why your daughter may get 60% and your son may only get 40%. That's completely up to you. When I've seen this happen, it's usually because parents have helped out one of the kids uh, more than the other one earlier in life. And so they're doing this to sort of square things up in the amount that they leave to one another once they pass away. Um, so anyway, um, now remember this, um, if you're... Your retirement assets, well, if they're in a qualified retirement plan, those assets are going to be divided based on what the beneficiary form says. So here in the state of Georgia, which is where I live, a beneficiary form on, a, on an IRA account is going to trump whatever is in your will. So your will could say, I want every dime to go to one person. However, if your beneficiary form on your IRA says it's going to be split equally among two people, then that's 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 what's going to happen. Now, again, this is Georgia law. If you live in another state, your state could have different laws, so you want to make sure you are well aware of what happens in your state. Now, I've had people ask me before if they need to disclose the dollar amount that they think their kids are going to receive. To me, this is a completely personal preference, and it can get a little bit tricky because that number may or may not be accurate. The amount that you leave your kids could depend on how long it takes you to die. And what I mean by that is if you are in a health situation that requires major expenses for your care, 
until the point that you pass away, you could drain down those assets and your kids could likely receive less than what you had originally told them. So again, if you've got a good enough relationship with your kids, hopefully they're not relying on some specific amount when you pass away. Then you can certainly be open on how much money you have. And again, the main reason I think you would do this would be to uh, so they'll know how much money that could be spent to take care of you in your last days or last years or however long it takes you to pass away. I think that's really important. Hey folks, Lee Perkins here. If you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you know how much I hate taxes, and I know you probably do too. Our politicians are completely out of control. Their spending is off the chart, and you've got to be prepared for increasing taxes in the future. So we've written a book called Diffuse. Seven Steps to Protecting Your 401k or IRA from the Ticking Tax Time Bomb. You're going to want to grab a copy of this book and learn how you can protect yourself. Then you'll have to decide if you want to take action right now or if you'd rather wait until the IRS changes the rules of the game. Either way, the choice is yours. To get a free copy of the book, just text the word DEFUSE to 478-475-2050. That's D-E-F-U-S-E to 478-475-2050. And we'll send you a free copy. Thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. All right, what about other money? So here I'm talking about non-retirement accounts. I'm talking about money that you might have in savings accounts at the bank or, or maybe some other place. Here, depending on how the accounts are titled, the titling of those accounts could actually dictate what happens to the money when you pass away. For instance, if you've got a TOD or a transfer on death account at the bank uh, and you've got your adult child listed as the person who's going to receive that account uh, once you pass away, then that's easy. It's already in place. They'll simply provide the bank with the proper documentation, whatever they require for the account to be transferred over and have your name on it primarily. Again, this is an easier way to take care of things on the front end than leaving your survivors behind to pick up the pieces when you pass away. So now I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about personal property because this is where things can get a little bit tricky. Now recently I I had a conversation with a family and several family members were present at this at this meeting. All right, so this was a it was a second marriage for the couple and they were at this, you know, they're in their 80s now and each person had Two adult children from previous marriages, been married a little over 10 years. And and when they got married, they agreed that the assets they had going into their marriage would each go to their own kids. And then anything after this could be divided differently. So during the conversations, uh, and we had two actually conversations where we talked through things, one of the things that this couple was worried about discussing that they talked to me before talking to the kids they thought this was going to be an issue so what happened in this situation they bought a house together after they got married and what they ultimately decided is when the last one of them passed away it would go to one of her children so instead of this house ultimately being sold and those proceeds being split equally between his kids and her kids the house was going to go to one of her kids now this could have gone sideways um, because one of them, uh, and I've seen this happen before, but because um, technically the original in- intent was for all four kids to receive a, a fourth of the value, but these kids were, all four of these are financially stable, 
and none of them needed the money. And candidly, three of them had zero interest in this house. And, and it wasn't a very expensive house, so the, the dollar amount you know, was not going to be significant if they sold it. Uh, but this one daughter lived in the same town, and she said she would like to live in that house. And so she actually, in my opinion, did the right thing. She offered to buy the other siblings out, but they agreed that they would just allow her to have the house. So again, what they thought was going to be a dif- difficult conversation turned out to be a non-issue because everybody was on the same page. Now, had they found out about this after both of the parents were deceased, the outcome could have been a little bit different because I'm sure somebody could have accused somebody else of trying to be greedy or trying to take what belonged to them. And again, we've all seen this play out before, but because they sat down early and had the conversation, it's going to be a non-issue when they pass away. Now, after this, our conversation shifted from the, the money and from the house over to the stuff or the personal property. Now, I know that when most of us die, we're going to leave a lot of junk behind that somebody's going to have to go through. And eventually, most of it is going to wind up probably in a dumpster somewhere. But there's still going to be some things that have some value, whether that's real monetary value or maybe sentimental value. Uh, And these things are going to have to be divided up. So for this couple, they had several boats and, of course, a couple of vehicles and furnishings inside the house. They have some dishes that were great-grandmother's Christmas dishes and, of course, some guns. And so, again, these are the main things that that were discussed at this meeting. And so what was neat about working with this family is that everybody was pretty level-headed. And when they talked through things, one person said, I've got no interest in the boat. And somebody else said, you know, hey, I wouldn't mind having the boat. Somebody else said, I got no interest in the Christmas china because I'm not very sentimental. But somebody else, of course, who is sentimental said, hey, that's something that's important to me. So I'd like to do that. And so really what this couple decided to do was to go ahead and start giving away some of this stuff now before they pass away. As far as these Christmas dishes, they hadn't used them in three or four years. So rather than waiting for them to die and somebody had to haul it out of the house, they're going to go ahead and give it to one of the kids. And so they did this pretty much with all the other items that were listed. And it wasn't a ton. Again, these weren't ultra wealthy people, but Their net worth, including house and personal property, was probably a million, million and a half dollars. But the greatest part of this meeting is that everybody was on the same page and everybody knows how everything is going to work when the last one of them passes away. Now, does this always happen in conversations like this? Certainly it does not. I know that not all conversations go as smoothly as this one did. And there will be times where people, where one person may have the assumption that that they're entitled to something more. Again, look, my, my opinion on things from a beneficiary standpoint, and I tell my parents this all the time, none of your stuff belongs to me anyway, and, and I'm not going to fight somebody over a little bit of money or a lot of money and ruin a relationship. I've seen this happen. I've seen it happen in my own family when somebody passed away. People lost their minds over just the smallest amount of money, and relationships were damaged forever. And I I know I'm not alone here. I know a lot of you listening have seen this play out in your families as well. It's absolutely unnecessary. And most of the time, these kind of issues can be handled ahead of time just by having a conversation. And so in the instance that I'm talking about with, with my family, that conversation didn't happen. And one person felt like they were way more entitled to something than other people. And that's where the problem started. So again, they've kind of 
hashed out a lot of things right now, but relationships are not what they were. So again, I think it all starts with a conversation, and, and if this happens, you can avoid a lot of the issues that many people deal with. So anyway, that's it for today. I hope this episode has been helpful for you. As, as always, if you need help with this, of course, this is one of the things that we help our clients with, and this is a part of our retirement clarity review process. And so if you'd like to have a brief conversation with me, you can schedule time on my calendar by going to www talkwithlee.com. We start everybody out with a brief 15-minute phone call so I can learn a little bit about your situation and see if I can add value and help put your family in a better place. So that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time. Lee Perkins here, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the show today. If you like our podcast, we would be honored if you would share the show with others. And one great way to do that is by posting the show to your social media pages or by just telling others about it. Either way, we would really appreciate it. And of course, if you do enjoy the show, we would appreciate it if you would give us a five-star review. And this certainly helps other people like you find our show. And if you want to learn a little more about our firm and how we help people have the best retirement they can possibly have, Go check us out at www.myretirementclarity.com. There are a lot of great resources that you can access directly on the website. And of course, if you want to have a conversation with me, you can visit www.talkwithlee.com. And this will take you directly to my calendar. And there you can schedule a 15-minute phone call so I can learn a little bit more about your situation. Of course, everybody is not a great fit for our firm. But if I think we can add value and put you in a better situation... I'll let you know, and we can certainly talk about the next steps. So thanks again for tuning into the show, and we'll catch you next time. Investment advisory services are offered by J.L. Perkins Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor and insurance agency. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified tax, legal, or investment professional before taking any action.